Hey y'all, welcome, welcome back, back to, to Crime, Crime Critics, and Critics and Chaos. My name is Shaylin. And I'm Mike. And we're your hosts. Unfortunately, Shivani could not record with us this week, but today we actually have a special guest. He's usually behind the scenes, but please welcome our producer, Mr. Michael Daniels. Yay! <laughs> How are y'all Crime Critics and Chaos fans? Nice to finally meet you all. <laughs> um, hopefully today I, I don't mess up. <laughs> <laughs> So, Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, you know, I do the, you know, backside of producing. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do is just helping make sure um, editing of the audio files and making sure I'm, I'm giving the CCC podcast listeners a great experience and um, helping out with you and Shivani on, you know, figuring out what we need to say in terms of the episodes, what topics to use, and making sure everything is, you know, pretty cool from a from a sound perspective absolutely amazing doing appreciate that. it you know so thank you so much for even considering being our producer i know it's not easy having to be behind the scenes you know restructuring and you know giving us pointers on how to structure our podcast it's not an easy thing to do so we do appreciate you thank we you do. thank appreciate you so much it. so mike are you ready for the hot seat. No. <laughs> no. Well, you have to do it. You have no choice because me and Shivani have invested in playing games before we get into our episodes. So you're going to have to participate. Uh, you're right. <laughs> you're right. All right. So let's get into the hot seat, you guys. And since you are our guest, Mike, I would let you go first. <laughs> Ooh, that is a tough one. <laughs> so um, whenever you're ready. Give me one second. I'm trying to find a really good question. <laughs> Take your time. Okay. Here's a good one. Do you think a leader should be feared or liked? Oh, that is a really, really deep question. Mm-hmm. I like how you charged my mind there. Um, I say both. It just depends on that person, how their leadership skills is, honestly. Um, I would definitely say both. Definitely both. I feel like as a leader, you still want to, of course... You know, not have the instinct where people can't come up to you and speak to you and feel like they fear you, but also admire and respect you at the same time. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Kind of like you want that leader to create a safe space to where you can feel challenged, but also at the same time, if you truly do need the help, they can come Absolutely. Talk to you. See, you, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. See, you put it in much better terms. Yeah, <laughs> I usually do. <laughs> I, I can agree with that. So I guess, I guess it's your question now? Yeah, it's my turn for you. Okay, (laughs) this is actually a really, really funny question. If you were given a chance to steal something, what would it be? A pen. (laughs) I'm stealing. It's gonna be three things: a pen, some Tabasco sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Now speaking of Tabasco sauce, (laughs) it's gonna be a pen, a Tabasco sauce, or a basketball. I'm I'm taking one of those three things. If I I would definitely say Tabasco would probably be your number one. I hope Chipotle is not listening. (laughs) Oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm dead. That's only an inside joke that me and him would know about, but yeah, that's so funny. I have sticky fingers with those three things, literally. I don't literally. think you should tell our CCC podcast listeners that you still. <laughs> I, I mean, a little kleptomanism, you know what I'm saying? Just small things, things I can afford, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, what? As far as besides Tabasco, what else would you? A still basketball, be pins, for? any pins. Like every time I'm writing down something from like somewhere that gives me a pin, I'm nine times out of ten taking it because I forgot to give it back. <laughs> <laughs> and then with basketball is like same thing. Like, 
you know, again, another thing I do outside of this is, is I play a lot of basketball with my youth organization. And there's times when, like, I go to tournaments and kids will, like, throw me a ball. And I'm like, okay. And then they never ask for it back or I'm, like, looking for them or I find an extra ball underneath the bleachers next to our sidelines. And I'm like, whose ball is this? And I'm the good <laughs> guy. I walk around the whole court asking whose ball it is. With It has no letters, no writing. And I'm like, well, got a basketball today. <laughs> <laughs> And by any means, this does not mean that he actually steals. I don't actually steal. <laughs> He's just joking. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> My question time. <Yeah. laughs> um, there's no right or wrong answer, but if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would you be? I would definitely not be in Texas. Okay. Definitely not. I will probably be somewhere exotic. With a beach? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely somewhere with a beach, somewhere with some nice weather, with a cocktail in my hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. two. Maybe three. <laughs> oh, and enjoying my day without the care in the world, not having to worry about having to get up the next day and go to work and, I like that. you know, yeah. just, just being at peace with myself I like and that. the day itself. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't have that... Um, I don't have that life. So, <laughs> um, welcome to reality, people. The reality set. But I would definitely be somewhere on the island soaking up the sun right now with my cocktail or two or three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where would you be? Ooh, pretty much almost similar. I mean, like, I'll probably add in a basketball court. <laughs> you and that basketball. Yeah, I'll probably add in a basketball court, a margarita machine with tequila. Oh, God. And, like, you know what I'm saying? I would be somewhere like that, you know, somewhere in the Caribbean or Caribbean, however you want to say it. So I'll be somewhere in there. I think that would be anybody's ideal, you know, Quite scenery honestly. location. Yeah, you're on right. An island somewhere. So you're like, right. that's pretty basic. I guess we, I guess we should do like, <laughs> like drastic norms. Like, oh, I'm gonna be out in Colorado in the cold. You know. <laughs> uh, first of all, you would never catch me anywhere in the cold. Um, even though Colorado is beautiful, it's just not my scenery as far as yeah. you know. No, don't get me wrong, no. I love the mountains. Oh, my God, I love mountains. I'm a nature girl at heart, but it gets really, really cold out there, I heard, and I'm not with that cold weather. That is not something that I would put myself into. I just cannot stand the cold. I'm a summer baby, so I like the heat. Not too much that's heat. Not, that's, not, that's not fair, because I'm a winter baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, blame your parents. It's <laughs> <laughs> not fair. But, yes, you will definitely catch me somewhere with some warm weather. So I'm assuming it's your question now. Yes, my question for you. Gotcha. What is something that's true that nobody agrees with you on? <laughs> You're, you should see his face right now. That no? is tough. <laughs> what is something that's true that nobody agrees with the song? Um, well, with you on, you in particular. Me in particular. Yes. Okay, again, because I, I, I'm letting on I love basketball. Um, at the end of the day, it's that kid's or that player's journey. Yes. Regardless of how um, parents fit into the situation, grandparents, anybody, it's that player's journey. And it is up to that player to make the decisions on what he sees fit. Um, if you try to join in on that journey, you need to join from a perspective that is realistic to his profession. Exactly. By that, I mean like, if you're a parent, you're gonna act like an agent, Google what an agent is really supposed to do and just do that. You know, mm-hmm. don't try to be an agent and a coach and, a, and you know what I'm saying? Don't try to jump with so many hats because right. the truth is, 
at the end of the day, with you doing all of that, your your player may not progress. Exactly. So I agree. So I believe it's the player's journey. Exactly. Oh, that was so well put. Simple. So well put. What well. exclamation point? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your turn for me. All right. Since it's my question again, um, what did you think was silly until you tried it? Sushi. Huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why did you think it was silly at first? Not necessarily silly. I mean, yeah, silly for sure, but nasty at the same time. Because everybody says that it's raw fish. Yeah. And honestly, those who do not like sushi and you've never tried it, please try before you say you don't like it because I was definitely one of those people so who was, was like, oh, sushi is nasty. I don't see how anybody would eat that nasty mess. And then I actually tried it. And it turned out to be one of the best foods I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> that's why, that's the same thing that happened to me as well. But I mean, like whoever put you on, I mean, that person must understand the plight of that same thing. I'm just saying. It's, Definitely. It's um, tough. The person that put me on is a very special friend of mine, dear to my life, dear to my heart. And I want to say thank you for introducing that to me. Hey, thank you so much. Clap, clap, clap him up. Clap him up. That's love. That's love. I mean, it's hard, especially, I mean, for those who don't really, who probably don't try food outside of their comfort zone, I would say try it. You know, you never know what you would like. I mean, at one point in time, I didn't like sushi either. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with it. And there's different types and different things you can try. Um, and that's not just perspective to sushi. There's somebody out here who doesn't like pineapples on pizza. Oh, yeah. Um, for those people who don't like pineapple on pizza, I really don't know what to say to y'all because... It belongs on there. It definitely belongs on pizza. <laughs> we just had some there. pizza last night with pineapple and pepperoni, and it was absolutely fire. So. I bet it was. <laughs> I bet it was. I feel for y'all who don't like pineapple and pizza on pizza, excuse me. Um, it's the bomb. It's the bomb. But also, I mean, like, it's, I mean, some people, I mean, I don't know. People just got texture problems, you know? I mean, like. I'm definitely one of those people that have texture problems. You know, I mean. Definitely one of those cause people. For those who don't know, I also used to teach in high school. I used to teach food science. And some people actually have texture problems. I mean, personally, I don't like grits. And I don't know why. I just don't like grits. Because <laughs> grits are amazing. I, I just don't like grits. It tastes like a little sandpaper to me. But you like oatmeal. Only the maple kind. I mean, that might be a little far-fetched to compare, but... True. I'm saying, like, if you like oatmeal, you can at least try some grits and, like, okay, this is also good. You know what, CCC podcasters? I will try grits if y'all try sushi. <laughs> but let me know how it goes. How about that? That's a new, like, a new guest challenge type thing, challenge of food. So what are you saying to our listeners again? I'm saying I will, I will come back on another episode and talk about my experience about grits, if y'all would... Follow us on YouTube and all of our other channels to make sure that you put our information in the feeds of other users, and we will talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> well, that was the Hot Seat, you guys. Please let us know if you want to listen to more Hot Seat questions. And now we're going to get into our episode for the week. Are you ready, Mike? Ooh, uh, I know that you and Shivani used to do this whole wine and crime thing. I don't necessarily drink wine, but I do. <laughs> and I can't drink wine. <laughs> I do drink some tequila. So today I am drinking on some tequila from one of my favorite people. You know what I'm saying? The House of Friends, Casamigos. <laughs> and so, the Seven Deadly Sins plus one. Plus one. <laughs> plus one. So, um, I guess we're going to tequila and crime today. Tequila and crime today. <laughs> Cheers.
So the sources that I'll be using to tell this story is people.com, abc7chicago.com, clicktohouston.com, and khou.com. So Mike, I actually have a story for you today that's based in Houston, Texas of an unsolved murder. Ooh, I like those. <laughs> and although you're not really a true crime fan, you actually might be really interested in the story. You're correct. I'm really not a true crime fan, but <laughs> lay it on me. Let's get into it. Taylor Young was a 25-year-old Houston, Texas native who graduated from Klein High School in 2013 and then graduated from Sam Houston University in 2017 with a degree in finance. You can actually relate to this because you actually went to school for accounting, right? Mm, yeah, my, my, um, my degree was in criminal justice and accounting. Yeah. Okay. Family and friends of Taylor would describe him as being very quiet, humble, charismatic, friendly, and a go-getter. Taylor also went by the nickname Gallardo. According to his mother, Tiffany Robinson, stated in People magazine that Taylor was her only son, and aside from Taylor being a people's person, he loved fishing, riding bikes, and most of all, he loved skateboarding and his dog, Gigi. And Mike, when I looked at the photo of him and his dog, Gigi, it was just so precious. You know, I'm very much an animal person, so right. seeing that, it's just like, oh my God, it's so sweet. What kind of dog was it? I actually don't know what type of dog it is, but I know that it was really, really cute. Hmm. Taylor was employed with an oil and gas company in Houston, and according to his mother in an interview with People Magazine, he was working towards a promotion at his job. In fact, the HR director described Taylor as being very consistent and one of the highest performers at the company, so he really had it going for himself. Yeah. 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 And although they never mentioned exactly what oil company that he worked for, it's still an oil company. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to say it like this, but. The, the lowest oil company still making <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> I mean I wouldn't know you wouldn't know but, but. Like, it's funny like you selling oil like mm -hmm. <laughs> like you, you got money I mean I don't know exactly what his position was but it sounds like he had a pretty high position at that company and he was working towards a promotion so watch this name an oil company that doesn't make over six figures I mean I don't I wouldn't know I don't really know too much about oil companies I, I, I'm just saying the, the oil industry don't all of them make money obviously that's what I would say anywho continue <laughs> well one thing that really stuck out to me Mike when I read this interview with Taylor's mother she stated that he would always go to Whole Foods and play bingo with senior citizens. So that yeah, also wild. just shows you how much of a people's person that he is. Because I've never heard of my just going and playing bingo with senior citizens like that. Right. Like, So he was a really, really nice man. Nice young man. Right. On December 9th, while running errands during his lunch break, Taylor's vehicle was last seen at the Capital One Bank located on South Boss Road and San Felipe Street in Houston, Texas. Surveillance footage from a nearby Kroger captured Taylor's 2019 silver Honda Civic with the license plate number M as in Mary, D as in David, and C as in Charlie, 9337, passing through the ATM machine at the bank. Now keep in mind, this bank was approximately 15 minutes away from his job, so when I read that, I'm like, why would anybody drive that far from their job to a bank? Well, I mean, it just depends. But Houston is very convenient. And you know, you and I both know, because we used to live in Houston for I mean, quite some time in the past. And it doesn't take anybody 15 minutes to just go 
somewhere that you know like that convenient i mean yes and no because at the same time yes houston does have convenient items in certain places it's still houston everything far as hell like but for a bank to be that far that just kind of most of the oil most of the oil rigs are in the port or or, along the coastline Mm -hmm. so there's not as many places that are available you see what i'm saying so 15 minutes may actually be the closest one I mean, but even his mom in the interview said that that was really far for him to be driving. Well, it would be one of those things where we would have to understand and know the address of the oil rig. And from there, you know, put it in good old Google. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Put it in Google and see what, you know, banking center is close around him and understand if he had a relationship with Capital One. Mm -hmm. If he did have a relationship with Capital One, I'm just being real. I ain't finna go to no regular bank if I'm, if I'm a member at this other bank i mean who would though that's you know what i'm saying so it has to be one of those situations where like that is the closest capital one bank to his job but i think what was mostly sticking out to everybody they especially found the family and friends of him was that why would he travel so far anyway like on his lunch break like we don't know if his lunch break was 30 minutes an hour oh, so this is on his lunch break yes this is on his lunch break well maybe he had to just run an errand to get to the atm before he had to get off of work because he probably had something to do i mean true but it's just something about that that's sticking out to me that is is very odd i don't see myself driving anywhere whether if my bank was way out the way i don't see myself driving 15 minutes away on my lunch break to anything not even to my house honestly so i don't know we're all different and i'm not sure exactly what he was planning on doing for his lunch break but even like i said even his mom said that was really really far for him to be traveling i mean it seems sensible to my eyes because again his bank he probably had something to do that's how i'm looking at but continue the story. Right. According to People Magazine and Click to Houston, Taylor's mother stated that she and Taylor communicated with one another throughout the day, so they kept in pretty close contact, like, pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Just like how me and my mom would, you know. I can't go a day without talking to my mom. Right. So that's pretty much how their dynamic was. So on December 8th, the day before he went missing, Taylor sent a text message with a photo of himself and his dog Gigi to his mother. Now, the next day on December 9th, she texted him around 7.30 p.m., but he did not answer. However, though, she stated that this didn't automatically alarm her right away because sometimes he did not answer his phone. But what she did do was send him a text and ask him was he still at work. But she stated in this article that she really meant to ask him was he at home. Hmm. Robinson stated that as she was waiting by the phone, she heard a knock at the door, which turned out to be Taylor's girlfriend. The girlfriend asked Robinson if she heard from Taylor because she had been calling him with no luck at reaching him, and the last time they spoke to each other was around noon that day on December 9th. When he went to the bank. Right. So I believe this is when they both put two and two together and realized that he had not returned back from his lunch break. So he did not return back to work from his lunch break. So this prompt Robinson to use the Find My Phone app to track his cell phone, which is very smart. Yeah. She thought on her feet there. So both Robinson and Taylor's girlfriend got into the car and first went by Taylor's apartment to see if he was there, 
for after not locating him, they began driving to the area where Taylor's cell phone pinged from. So Robinson located his phone in some bushes at the Capital One Bank that his car was last seen. So as they were driving, picking up where his phone was pinging, it actually pinged to the same location that his car was last seen on a surveillance footage at the Capital One Bank in some bushes. Hmm. That's very strange, right? Mm-hmm. So from there, Robinson reported her son missing with the Houston Police Department. That's tough. Right? Like, imagine what she was thinking at that moment. For one, you know, of course, she said she wasn't automatically alarmed that he didn't answer his phone, but the fact that the girlfriend arrived to the house and was like, hey, have you heard from Taylor? Because I haven't heard from him, and the last time we spoke was noon earlier that day. And then y'all go to the apartment and realize he's not in his apartment, and then y'all find his phone in some bushes. Like... Uh, big jump there. <laughs> I mean, that's technically what happened. I mean, happened, technically, yeah, yeah. But at the same token, it's just the fact of they were still able to think on their feet to say, okay, cool. Technology gave us find my iPhone. Let's think about that. Let's use that. And then they, you know, I, I'm assuming neither one of them knew about the bank trip. Would that be correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So, that, I mean, from that point on, I mean, they didn't know he had to go to the bank. You know, from there, then it would be like, he'll never need to go to the bank. He, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Depending on that situation. So that would that would align with them feeling, okay, you know, especially with his girlfriend, you know, usually as, as males, we usually tend to have to at some point in time take our girls to the bank. Right. By our bank. And so... You know, if, if it's a bank that she's not accustomed to, mm-hmm. then she could be like, oh, he'll never come to this bank. Right. This is not his, this is not the bank that he's with. When, when he's with me type right. thing. Or yeah. this, oh yeah, you know, he tells me he goes to the bank every now and then, mm-hmm. and this is the bank that's close to, you know what I'm saying? That's right. where that, they could v- validate the banking's location mm-hmm. in his schedule if the girlfriend kind of knew. Right. Um, even in the mom. Yeah, even if, I mean, right. depending on their relationship, you know, I mean. They had a close relationship, clearly. They had a really, really that's close what I'm relationship. saying. If they had a close relationship as clear as that, then at some point he, too, would have taken his mom to a bank that he, he would go to, depending on where, you know, is in the geographic locations of where his mom stays according to where he stays. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, But yeah. this also is very mysterious because we don't even know if that was him at the bank. That's the mysterious part behind it, though. That part. We don't know if that was him actually in the car. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. Because low-key, I mean, surveillance would pick up all of that, but I don't want to jump in front of the story. Right, well, let's get right into it then. So, circling back to the surveillance footage of Taylor's car being seen at the bank, when the Houston Police Department reviewed this footage, they found no evidence of foul play. None? None. Huh. None whatsoever. So nobody else in the car, perhaps, nobody, um, like we were saying, if there was a potential situation where somebody else was driving his car. Like, it wasn't even confirmed if it was him driving. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's weird, right? Yes. Because you would think that you driving up to an ATM machine, they have that little camera there, Mm -hmm. they will see your face. But they never even specified in none of these sources that it was actually him or it was somebody else driving the car. I mean, also, I mean, yeah. I mean, because if you haven't even at least said it was him, right. then therefore it was somebody else or something's going on. Exactly. Or they're just concealing that information because, of course, the case is still ongoing. So Facts. they could be definitely concealing that information. Mm. Mm. So let's fast forward to a whole month later. Taylor's car was impounded from a business parking lot 
on Mockingbird Lane in Dallas, Texas. So wait, wait. It was found in a parking lot in Dallas. Yes. But he's from Houston. Exactly. That's why. That's 240 miles. Mm-hmm. His car was found a month later, Michael, on January 9th, 2022, in Dallas. Man, for a car just to magically turn up in Dallas like that, that's insane. But for it to have been gone for a whole month mm-hmm. and him not being seen for that long, that's scary. It is. I mean, it speaks volume in terms of across the board on how things can move at rates that we don't like. I mean, exactly. one month, I mean, technically, for it to end up where it ended up, there's so many different types of cameras that right. are, you know what I'm saying? It, it's That's a tough situation. It's tough because between that time, whoever was driving his car... If we want to support the theory that somebody else was driving his car, no telling where they went with Taylor. Mm-hmm. No telling how many different places they done stopped. All mm-hmm. these different cities in a month. Mm-hmm. You could touch so many cities. It's crazy because like, I could throw a whole wrench in this and be like, what was the mileage on this car? Right. Well, like, of course, we don't know. We don't know. But, like, but yeah, you crazy. get the point, right? Yeah. Like a month. Like... Like, a month. Like, and we, honestly, honestly, too, we don't even know how long the car was at this parking lot. That's another thing. Yeah. Like, they said it was there for a couple of days, and sources will say something differently. I think they said that the car was sitting there for approximately, like, nine days or something. I don't know. Yeah. But that's still a very long time for a car to be sitting there, and nobody's reporting, like, hey, this car's been sitting here for a while. I mean, at the same time, not trying to be funny, I know some people who don't report cars getting towed, but then they still get towed in, like, 30 minutes. I know, so it took them days or whatever amount of time to come and get this car. Especially on Mockingbird Lane. Now, me you and you are very saying? familiar with Mockingbird Lane. Uh, that lane is really, really heavy with people parking and getting their cars towed. Street parking, any type of park. My whole thing is, parking in Dallas, if you're not in Dallas, I highly suggest you never, don't come. Do not come here because <laughs> I don't. Though. I don't want you guys to, to make our traffic higher and make us have all these different. <laughs> I swear, right I am now. being petty because, like, if you if if you live in any anywhere in the Dallas Metroplex, you know that towing, like, is one of these like hard things where it can be thirty minutes and you get towed, or it can be like nine plus months and you'll get towed. You never. I mean, know. you never know. You, you are right about like, that. You, you really see. Know. You seriously never know. You never know what Dallas. It can get crazy out here, so maybe I do agree with it. Hey. <laughs> you telling people not to come out here. Look, you can get your car towed in five minutes or five days or five months. You can get your car towed out of the apartment. For... <laughs> you so you know, petty for I'm that. Petty. But you can get your car towed being from visitor parking and your your information be on the guest pass list. Yeah, you can get your car towed for parking in front of your garage. You can get your car towed for parking on the side of the street. You know, there's so many it's, things. It's crazy you know, stuff. You can but... be at the club and VIP parking. This is this, and you got your car. It's so many different ways. Exactly. Yeah, I do agree with you on that. Man, though. you can go get you a pizza and get your car towed. <laughs> Anywho, back no, to, seriously, I, I he's no, for, but for real, it's funny because it's true. Like you can really get your car towed anywhere in Dallas, and there's like literally no time frame. Independent, no the, time frame. Independent on the tow truck company, they can have good or bad records. You never know. Oh, definitely. Like, what time was this car towed? Uh, I don't know. I think it was three p.m. and the car got towed at one. Right. So, but the point we're trying to make is, 
find it very hard to believe that it took them nine or whatever amount of days for them to report this car just sitting in the parking lot. That's the point we're trying to make here. Because mm-hmm. I know it's somebody's favorite spot. You know what I'm thinking? Right. Like, like think about you. Think about the person who pulled in and was like, "This car is in my spot today." Right. Then they pulled in the next day. This car is in my spot again. Exactly. And we don't even know exactly what parking lot he was in because they never specified exactly what location, like what type of business he was or parking in. So that also could play yeah. a really big factor in that too. Yeah, because then it's like, how big is the parking lot? I'm exactly. not trying to say it like this, but like there's no big parking lot on Mockingbird. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you would know. You, you hear yeah, it. Yeah. Like there's no parking lot that is absurdly big. Like... On like one of those business, like like a company's parking lot. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if it's a company's parking lot, it's only like twelve spaces. Right, so yeah, that's very noticeable. Like it's noticeable. It ain't no just like oh they're oh they're parking here today. Especially if there's no signs of it being inoperable as far as like any tires flat or nothing like that. No red tape, no red sticker on it. Everybody, none of that. Right now, think of your job's parking space. Imagine. Look at it. Is your parking lot big or small? Can it hold up to 15 cars or, or from 15 to 30? I know my parking lot at work holds zero because I work from home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my parking lot in my job, we have, I believe we have four floors. But you have a whole garage. And it's, yeah, it's a parking garage. So you can't really so get it's a in, lot yeah, of parking You spaces. can't get in the garage unless you get a ticket or unless you, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's a data point. You know what I I'm mean, saying? we all have badges to get in. So, so this had to be a parking lot where... Nobody was tracking nothing. It was right. just literally park as you go and, and go about your business. Mm-hmm. And those are very few in Dallas. Very, very few. And so for you to to be in that, again, like, I know I'm pre- I'm meticulous about where I park my car. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure other CC podcast listeners are too. Mm-hmm. Because when you know that somebody's messing with your stuff, you're like, why, who messed with my car? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, again, if I'm, if I'm thinking like, okay, somebody else was driving his car. Right and just dropped it off, mm-hmm. that would be easier for me. That means that, you know, if the parking lot is just come as you please, then okay, cool, I can come in, drop it off, get out the way, no no harm, no foul. He's trying not to be on cameras because right. any parking garage, the moment you pull into the, like around the garage, you're on camera. Right. So, I mean, unless this parking lot, again, and, and, and now, nowadays parking lots are starting to do these like mobile cameras or police mm-hmm. stations to where mm-hmm. it's like in the corner right. mm-hmm. to monitor the parking lot. Right. But you never know what the case may be. Exactly. And you know what I was thinking about as we were talking to? If, again, if we want to support the theory that somebody actually was like took his car, they must know that area or the Dallas area because I find it hard to believe you'll just park your car on Mockingbird Mockingbird. out of all All places places. you must have some ties to Dallas or that particular area so that's also something we need to look into but that's that's hard because that area that area not trying to not trying to for the let me educate the non-Dallas people. That area off of Mockingbird, it's it's pretty much centralized Dallas. It's it's like a step from downtown Dallas. It technically still is downtown Dallas. Right. It's the Highland Park area. Yes, correct. And, you know, if you stretch Mockingbird all the way out, you'll get in terms of different areas as mm-hmm. well. Again, it could be on the Mockingbird side that is closer to mm-hmm. um, the more grungier side of town. Yeah. You know, it, mm-hmm. because Mockingbird goes east and west, for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um if you move west side into Dallas from, from getting on Mockingbird, you're moving towards the SMU campus. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's that's more of the Highland Park area. But if you go to the east side, you're, you're, you're getting more into, like, the lower Greenville area. And the more east you go, you end up in East Dallas. Right. So 
it, it depends as it's really the it's, it's really the north and southbound streets that let you know which areas are changing when the areas are changing mm-hmm. if you go mockingbird and you hit close like to abrams past you know skillman and all those areas mm-hmm. you're moving into greater east dallas right and again that's the more grungier side of town I didn't know that. Now, if you move, if you go back to, so the centralized point you want to go off of for my people who aren't from Dallas, 75 is our major highway that splits the city into east and west. So 75 is the middle. Mm -hmm. That's the highway. If you go west on 70, like west going on to Mockingbird from 75, again, Mm -hmm. you're going into the SMU Highland Park area. Be completely honest to those people over there who are not from Dallas and those who are. That area is tough to travel because the street is extremely small and it's like you're putting people into like a condensed filter. Like, I don't know if you ever like, like try to like filter anything like milk, cheese, anything like that. Like, it's tough. Like you can you, there's nowhere you can go. There's no wiggle room. It's hard to maneuver. And mm-hmm. anybody moving sporadically in that area is going to cause a wreck. Anybody trying to hide on that area, it's tough because there's nowhere to hide. You have the campus, then you have like the street has... um the Mockingbird Street has like other street houses on them, so there's nowhere to hide in that area. And then when you move into like shopping centers, mm-hmm. all of those shopping centers on that side of town, I'm not trying to be petty when I say it, but like it's it's an affluent area. Yeah. It's cameras everywhere. Right. So I would I would if I'm if I'm if I'm agreeing that somebody took his car, they had to be on the east side of Dallas. Right. They also points back to them knowing the area too. Mm-hmm. Oh, because nobody, nobody from goes Dallas to the or known anything about Dallas I'm wouldn't know that. East side. Exactly. <laughs> Not so. at all. Very Not at interesting. All. I mean, because somebody who doesn't know Dallas would literally drive up right. and be like, I'm going to get this car, get rid of this car here. And they'll probably be in like Winona or not Winona, um, like out in like um, on the outskirts, like Red Oak or okay. something like that. Yeah. Any, anything that's touching 35 or 45 from that south side of the city. And they're like, I'm going to just get, can I get rid of the car here? Cause like that's the country. They right. That's what I'm saying. You would think like, that anybody would that would take the car would put it out in like a rural country that's area. That's what I would say. Exactly. I mean, earlier your earlier question about what I would steal. If mm-hmm. I if I was to ever steal a car in different magnitudes, I would be I would put the car in like a rural area. Exactly. Like somewhere where it really don't. Well, like you really car don't can't know, find it. Like because like that's weird. Like I would have to agree with you. Like somebody had to know exactly. or been to been to experience however you want to cater it that east side of Dallas. Hey, CCC podcast listeners, it is a new commercial here today talking about FYI Sports Academy for your improvement sports academy. If you want to look into improving your personality, your basketball game, or just transitioning through life, check out FYI Sports Academy.org. Hey, 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 partners in crime, listen up. Have you been searching for someone to serve you that ultimate glam look, but you just can't seem to find the right fit? Well, I think I may be able to guide you in the right direction. Ms. Tia Edwards is a certified and professional makeup artist located in Houston, Texas. Tia specializes in makeup, ombre brows, as well as brow tint and waxing. Go ahead and follow her on her Instagram at everythingbrows underscore beauty to book your next look. 
<laughs> Don't worry, you won't be disappointed. And let her know that Crime Critics and Chaos sent you. Nine days later, so on January 19th, the body of Taylor Young was found in the trunk of his car. Not only was it found in the trunk of his car, it was still in the lot that it was impounded to when they found it. Wait, 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 wait. Huh. I'm sorry, I completely threw you for a loop there. Yeah. <laughs> so you, t you telling me his car was impounded a month after he disappeared on December 8th. It was found January 9th. Not trying to be petty to any law enforcement that may be listening, anybody at all. You telling me that instead of them getting a warrant to search the car immediately? I'm so glad that you said that because that was my immediate thought when I ran. I'm like, how in the world did you impound the car and it took you nine days to look in the trunk? I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm a, nine days. Again, my degree is in criminal justice and accounting. Same. I'm not just, accounting, but criminal justice. I'm just like, found a car of missing person. A hey, judge, can we get this warrant to search this entire car real quick? Oh, we can. Cool. Hey, search the car, and boom. On that day, when we got it, we found it. Oh, well, hey, we found out that we got a, uh, you know, a homicide. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You didn't run the license plate, too? Nothing? They didn't do none of that? Not that I was looking for. Like, not that I seen on any of the articles I read. Like, you would think that they always run a license plate, right? I mean, I'm not familiar with getting my car towed or anything, but I was. I would assume that it being impounded, you will run the license plate to see who this car is registered to, you right? Know, you know, maybe, we, I mean, <laughs> not trying to add jokes to this, I apologize for that, but to look at the situation in, in a net, not, not a perfect world in terms of people actually doing their jobs, right? but it really heightens the fact that maybe some people are burnt out on their jobs, you know? Maybe so, because I really feel like that, that... Like, like, the, like think about that, just... Unacceptable. Like, you found a car... They, they gotta take pictures of the car for it to get towed. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, run, it's, it's a run license place too. too. Like it's so much stuff that you gotta do, and you know, I know me and my day job. I tend to push busy work off because it's like, oh, it's just busy work. Yeah. But maybe you know, in this case, you know, some people thought, oh, it's just busy. It's just these license plate. It's just one out of the 150 I gotta run today. And you know, it sucks that we have to live in a world where we're all like, not necessarily struggling, but you know. Overwhelmed. Exactly. Because, like, this information would have helped a family 10 days earlier to, to know a fact that they don't want to know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the best way to say that. I'm just still stuck on the fact that you did not look in this car. Especially if his, let's say his body was in there the whole entire time. Like, from the time he went missing to the time the car was dropped off. You didn't smell anything? No smell? I was going to ask, like ask that question. Was he was he wrapped in anything? Was he? No. He in was, fact, though, he was in an advanced state of decomposition. So he was pretty much to the point where you can smell his body. So you would agree that December 9th, in between January 19th, he passed away? Yes, he had to have passed away between that time frame because his body was in an advanced state of decomposition when they found him. Okay, well, let's look at that because, like, I'm not trying to, again, being devil's advocate and new to crime, <laughs> I guess his body would be held to different standards because he was in the trunk of his car, right? Right. And the sun was beating down on the trunk. 
I mean, Does if that you speed wanna up the process? Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um whether weatherization can definitely and does definitely play a major factor in decomposition levels in the human body. Okay. So, so that also goes back to like what we were saying earlier about the amount of time that they travel with his body. If right. He was, if he was dead at the time that he went missing or he had passed away within that time frame. Right. Because depending on where they were going and how they were going, the car right. can be either masked by certain smells and or can create certain smells exactly. depending on where they go. But also on that too, it's like... I mean, it's tough because whew, if he was back in that car like that mm-hmm. in a parking lot that's impounded, I mean, don't usually impound. I, I gotta get my inner, I'm channeling my inner Shivani right now. <laughs> don't usually like car impound lots have dogs? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, would the dog smell something wrong with the car and be like, Not all oh. impound lots have dogs though, like that? No. But I mean, like, I'm not trying to say it. Like, I, I was at a tow yard recently, and I think that they had a little big old thing back there, big big rock walling dog. I'm I mean, like, does it mean that all impound lots or tow yards have dogs? Well, even then, don't the cop have a dog with them? Well, no, not necessarily. Cops usually don't bring in canines unless it's drug related or they use it to sniff out human remains. Look, all I'm saying is, I'm a cop on this case, and it's a car that's been missing. I'm be like, hey man, hey, 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 can, can I bring my dog? I'm just saying, I know that there's there has to be one cop in some other somebody's organization that's always asking to bring their dog to sniff out for some some things that may not even be there. You know what I'm saying? Right, I agree. I agree so, I mean, that's just how I'm looking at it. I mean, but honestly, Dallas PD, when have you ever seen Dallas PD with a canine? All in their time. Car? I've never all seen time. Dallas Police Department with all a canine. Time. All the time. Not in this situation. Not when they're trying I mean, to talk cars and I stuff. I mean, like, not necessarily specific to this situation, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, I know that they have statistically X amount of canine units. You know what I'm saying? Of course. I mean, at your job, you split your canine unit, or you, you'll split a group of people up accordingly based on what your projects need, right? I'm just like... At some point in time, they got to have a canine unit who just sniffs impound cars. I know, but like I said, they usually don't just carry a canine with them unless it's drug-related or they're using it to sniff out human remains I in mean, a homicide yeah. case. But, but I'm like, I would still bring my... Like, I don't know. I guess No, I, you wouldn't just bring your dog with you to impound a car. I no, mean, you wouldn't do that. people bring dogs to other corny situations. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> Anyways... Um, going we'll back agree to, to disagree we'll there. Agree to disagree. I'm just like, you could have brought a dog. You could have brought... I mean, you're right in a sense, <laughs> but who would have expected to just see a body in a trunk while you're impounding the car? And like, nobody's just going to automatically think, oh, there's a body in the car. Let me bring my canine just in case. Or say, hey, there's a car that's been sitting in this parking lot for umpteen amount of time. Let me bring my canine so I can go see if there's a human body in the trunk. I mean, either way, however you want to go about yours, mine is very simple. Hey, Jim, can you bring your canine unit? Yeah, John, I can bring it. What do you need? I mean, that's just how I'm thinking about it. But I mean, again, perfect world situation here. If it was, you know, again, people, you know, behind times and stuff, I could understand. But I'm like, you can't bring your, like, I don't know. That's just how I'm looking at it. I'm like, at and some I'm not point debunking time, how you're looking. Yeah. I think you're just 
overthinking it <laughs> in a way. <laughs> I know if I was a, if I was in the canine unit of DPD or any DPD or Dallas police, whatever police department, Daniel's police department, <laughs> guess what I would be? Can I bring my dog? Yeah, come on, let's go, let's go sniff. Every, let's, all let's all go. Of the police don't have a canine assigned to them. Man. Like I said, what they usually only that. do it when there's drugs involved. Or there's a homicide where they're searching for a human body. I feel that. I feel you. But, uh, so what happened next? Okay. So that's really all we have on that information as far as his body being found in the trunk of the impound lot. Okay. Um, now, although this case is still pending, there's also no cause of death that has been released by the Houston or Dallas Police Department. Oh, wow. But they are treating it as a homicide, of course. Like, it's obvious that it's a homicide. Like, you can't just stick your own body in the trunk. You know what I'm saying? Die. Like, that's hard. Like, you go, right. like, you stuck your, like, because then it's gonna be like, what was found on the body, this, that, and there are things that we can't go over because the right. case is still pending. Exactly. And they, yeah, they didn't release any yeah, injuries or They can't release none of that. Like that. Yeah, they can't yeah, release none so. of that. Unfortunately, that is still pending at this time, and we don't know when they're gonna release that information because. It's still a ongoing homicide case, and I know that they have a lot of information, but they're concealing it. So we just have to wait. But there are no suspects at this time, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, there are no suspects. They have been named. They could have been on their own, like their own database. Of course, they probably didn't interview a couple of people that we don't know of. You know how they do everything behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So, but publicly, they have not named anybody a suspect. So besides all the articles that I've been reading up on this case, there has also not been any new updates. So yeah, they gotta keep them limited because yeah. I, I mean I'm not trying to say I mean it, it truly lets you know the limited sources, the limited information lets you know that there's a lot of information. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it's like it's a need to know basis built in. Right. <laughs> I mean I mean I, I feel like you know. I feel like they probably have a lot of good camera footage. I'm sure Because, I do. mean, it's, it's across the board. No matter how you look at that, it's a lot of good camera footage. Even, right. put it to you like this. We're in a, in, in a part of our world where the most low-end plaza is now getting high-end technology. Very true. Does that make sense? It makes like, a lot of sense. Like, even though they, they're buying what they can't afford, that's still a, a version of high-tech technology. Mm -hmm. And so, that person may have thought, may have thought, this plaza used to operate a certain way and they may have more footage than what that person may realize right or group of people because in this situation i think primarily like i'll, I'll go to what i think mm -hmm. is this the time in y'all show to do this you know how i know because i produce it um, <laughs> um for me in this aspect i think it was a a group type of thing i think mm -hmm. it was at least a maximum of three people and I think that, um, given, given the information that you're giving me, mm -hmm. I think that um, some of the people who have captured him or the group that captured him mm -hmm. had ties with him at work. Mm, so not necessarily co-workers, but maybe he grabbed a drink with a couple of the guys who had some other guys type of situation. But on his lunch break, though? No, no, no. I'm not saying he did that on his lunch break. What I'm saying is the group that possibly created this chaotic event mm -hmm. kind of knew his schedule okay i can see that mm -hmm. see what i'm saying um 
you know, I always believe crime is closer to home than what you realize. Oh, oh absolutely. I 100% agree with that. So I think these, the, the, a group of people, up to three people, it could be two, could be, it could still only yeah, be one. it could be anybody. Um, you know, I, 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 perf- I mean, with somebody who was able to walk in different transitions of life, like as he was, mm-hmm. I truthfully believe that he would at least need two people to overpower him. Yeah, he seemed like a pretty strong guy. Unless it was just some one big guy. But again, like, ain't no one big guy going to sit in a car looking like Mr. Incredible trying to drive it across the country. And not, like, be noticeable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I know myself, I'm a, I'm a rather large guy. Mm-hmm. If I was to do something in that magnitude, you gonna notice me. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's no... I mean, like, even if I stopped into a gas station somewhere, somebody, oh, did you notice the big guy? You know? So right. I would have... I mean, but, but again, that's just me. Mm-hmm. I believe that three people would be less noticeable than me because those three people may just be walking. Oh, they're just normal-sized guys. Okay, bye. So it's crazy, right? So I think it was like a group of people that knew his schedule. I say at least two. Okay. At least two. I don't think it was more than that. I say three because being able to maneuver a person's body in the trunk, to me, seems like it's no easy task. No. To to me, because I'm a larger guy. I could pick somebody up, you know. Um, I have to pick up players mm-hmm. off the court when they get hurt. You know, I, I, I'm a bigger guy. But, like, it's noticeable with one person. It is. With two people, it's not as noticeable because it's quicker. Right. With three people, that's even faster. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I truthfully believe it may be three, up to three. Up to three. Okay. Up to three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that, I do believe one of the three is from the Dallas area. Had to have been. See what I'm saying? Somebody like, knew of Dallas. Some, somebody, somebody knew the area. And somebody so, knew. So I believe that they overpowered him while he was going to make that trip run. They made the quick decision of getting rid of some of the information. Like, right. like his. I mean, they got rid of his cell phone, but they kept his wallet. Right. You know, then they went on their journey. They did what they did. And I truthfully believe that in that window of when he got his car, you know, all that taken and stuff... I believe that they were probably trying, you know, young men probably trying to not understand where their life is and they're trying to do the things that they see fit, right. which is, is negative in this standpoint in time. Mm-hmm. And one of the three ended up doing something that he shouldn't have done. Yeah. Or and, all of them. Or all of them. And they got scared and right. they ran and they didn't know where to run to and they were, you know, scrambling. I mean, if you were in the Houston area, Again, if we had more, like you had your information, I was going to ask you, it was at, you know, Southeast, Southwest Houston. Um, they never specified, but they did specify the street that his car was located to be last seen at, but not sure, like, if that was north, southeast, or west side of Houston. Well. I mean, you can look it up. Yeah, I'm definitely about to look it up. <laughs> I mean, Google helps us out. Because my whole thought is, if if it was on a particular side of Houston, that is... It said his car was located on South Boss Road and San Felipe Street. South Boss. In mm-hmm. San Felipe Street. Because my thing is, if it's on like the side of Houston where like on that on that north side, for instance, that north side is tough. Northside is tough. Right. Southside's kind of tough too now. Um, okay. But I agree. I think location as far as see 
exactly where his car was found also will play a major factor in this because you can kind of get like a demographic and i hate to say it this way but we're just being realistic here so i found you it you can get like a demographic on so I the area it. that he was in and maybe the people that could have possibly stolen his car or robbed him so his they said his car was last found on south in south Voss and san felipe street and that is exactly where a capital one bank yeah, location that's is. exactly where he was right there at the capital one bank where his car was last seen at and and that's for those who are from the houston area that's literally the west side of houston i mean that's really low-key nah that's no that's the, that's my hood so, what is it south? I don't know the exact. North, I mean, I, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't know. You no, know, Google Maps would call it West Oak or Hunters Creek Village, but like, okay. real folk from the age gonna call it something different. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really familiar with yeah. the whole they know, say, size of Houston. I mean, I did live in Houston for a little bit, and the only side that I've been familiar with is the west side and the south side. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure exactly like what side this was on, so I can't really say yeah. for sure. I mean, it's close by West Oaks. But I would definitely say that um, if we look at crime in the area, I mean, it would make sense. I mean, it's hard for me to say because, right. I mean, I'm not trying to be petty when I say this. Wherever there's a Whole Foods, there's usually no crime. <laughs> there's crime everywhere. I mean, there is, but like, like crime everywhere. It's a Whole Foods Rather right there. Whether you go to a Whole Foods, anywhere, church, house, nobody's safe in Facts. these streets anymore. Nobody's was never safe, but but I think that they overpowered them. They you know got in the car, you know tried to get some more money off of them because obviously they got it from a bank. Mm -hmm. Probably realized he didn't have as much as they thought he did. Right. And I think it was definitely a robbery, attempt robbery. I w I really want to know more about what his body looked like because for somebody to I mean you gotta have a gun. I mean it, they you know? said it was an advanced state of decomposition like. I'll show you some photos of like the stages of decomposition so you can kind of get an idea. Right. I actually took a forensic class um, in preview and we saw the different but photos for, of the state of decomposition. For me, it, it's really like just this, like 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 the cause of death. Like, was it a gunshot? Was it a knife? Yeah, wound? we don't know that. And that we don't know that. And my thing is, if 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 it was to this extreme, the death obviously had to be quick. Yeah, for sure. Like, especially if it was a robbery. And there was so like for instance like. People would have said, oh, there's a lot of blood right. in all the up into this information because like you can't not notate blood. Right. So that leads to me that it was a quick the death was nowhere near the car. Yeah, I agree. I See don't think saying? it was nowhere near the car. I think they could have they, they had to they remove shot him. him in some type of parking lot. If we want to support the theory that he was shot, they yeah. shot him in some type of parking lot, some type of building, and they stuck his body in the trunk. Right type of thing mm -hmm. and then you have to see how many cameras was picked up where to, to create the map of where the deviations were where everybody went type of thing because my thing is you're gonna have blood getting into the car at some point yeah absolutely you're gonna yeah you are. and that's why i'm like was it did they find any tarps any you know what i'm saying yeah. and with that lack of information it leads me to believe that they probably at some point he was shot or stabbed Strangled, strangled, know. you know, Lump or and, trauma then, and he, he passed away to where there was minimal blood, yeah, which will be strangulation or blind force trauma, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If it was, if you know, and then from there, it would be okay, we got to get his body into this car, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, the, I, I don't know because again, if it's a group of people, one of the group of those people has to say, Is he really dead? And like who was the like who out of that group was the 
I'm not trying to say it like who who But there's always you know somebody saying? that's the leader of everything. Fact and it, yeah. yeah, and there's always that person who was who was you know, it's always a, who was the idiot who shouldn't have done something and that yeah, probably was him. Who's the main perpetrator? Who's the main perpetrator? Yeah. And you know, I think that group, you know, ended up bringing it, you know, they got they got scared that activity happened. They're like, what do we do? Oh man, let's take them to this place cuz now my whole idea is this. For you to get to that place, you had to get back. So you had to be two. It had to be two cars. It had to be two cars. So I'm like, as you're following one, you know what's least obvious: one guy driving by himself and two guys driving. So when you look at it that way, did you think now that it was more personal? Yeah, they're personal. Because honestly, if it was just like a robbery, I don't see people just like, oh, let's bring him all the way to Dallas, just the hottest body, and we're gonna rob behind you. No, that's personal because that, that's, that sounds very, very Because if personal. I leave you anywhere in Houston, somebody gonna know you. The the, the boy was playing uh, bingo with with senior citizens. Yeah, he known in he Houston. He was well he known. known. He, he seems to be how well known in the area. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, he known. So that means that it, because you're known, somebody else who knew you. Right. Uh, that's how it makes sense to me. It, to me, it sounds like a group of people, or you know, some problem. It could be scuffles that people, you know, you would never think of. Like, yeah, like, I mean, they did say he had no enemies, but sometimes I, I like to debunk that because you really truly don't know if a person are. has enemies, especially if a family member has enemies. Like, just because you don't know that a person has enemies, don't mean that they don't exist. Even myself, I could be like, I don't have any no enemies, and I can have the hundred enemies behind me. Facts. That's the that's the thing about it. Like, that's when I read it in the article, and it was like, he had no no enemies. Mm, we don't know that. We don't know if he had any no enemies. If he was, if he was well-liked around by the community, by, you know, the people, his family, friends, of course. The way that described his personality, he was a very, very well-rounded young man. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely had enemies. He, he definitely had, oh, yeah, he had enemies. Oh, yeah, he definitely had some enemies. Right. He had no choice but to have enemies. So... Now, although there has been many theories, and just like the one that we just came across, one of our theories, there are two theories in particular that raise eyebrows. Of course, the first theory is that Taylor met with foul play at the Capital One Bank. So basically, when if he did go to the bank willingly himself, he met with foul play with someone that was at the bank trying to rob him. That's one of the theories that they came across. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like a group of guys walked to the ATM and said, get running. Yeah, so that pretty much supports the theory of a robbery situation. Yeah. Now, the second theory revolved around his relationship with his girlfriend. That's what I was going to ask about. So the reason why people have came up with this theory is because according to some of Taylor's friends... Taylor was apparently planning on ending this relationship. Oh. Yes. So with this being said, his family had made it very vocal that they want to know more about this girlfriend in their dynamic as far as their relationship. Because even though the mom knew of the girlfriend, of course, probably didn't know exactly what was going on in the relationship. And she probably yeah. definitely didn't know that he was planning on breaking up with her. Correct. So, that's why I was like, hmm, we need to learn, know a little bit more about her. Oh, big facts. Because, like, that, I, I was going to ask about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know if that was, you know, I, I was hope, I was hoping that she wasn't involved. Yeah. Um, she has not been named a suspect, though. 
Whew, that's tough. Yeah, she has not been named a suspect, just FYI. But I agree with the family. I think they need to, like, dig a little deeper into their relationship and just to know a little bit more about her, especially if you don't really know about her. That's something that y'all need to talk about. Y'all need to see if y'all can, you know, discuss that with her, if she's willing to do that. I mean, you can't, you know, make her a force her to you know, Oh, you surely, you surely can. So, yeah, I agree with that. But at the same time, if you, you know what's going on, she says she needs to get a lawyer, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> if you want to look at it that way, yeah. <laughs> I just be like, you know, baby, I just want to talk more. Oh, well, what you want to talk about? This, this, and this. Um, I need a lawyer. No, like one of those situations, mm-hmm. like she's not willing to sit down and mm-hmm. talk about what's going on. And I'm not saying that usually that points to a sign of guiltiness, but if I was in that situation, if I was a lawyer girlfriend and you know was advocating for my ex-boyfriend who passed away i would be very vocal at talking to the family period if i didn't have nothing to hide about everything right every single fight every look we yeah, did I'll, fight that, yeah you know. i'll be like yeah we did have arguments you know like any other couple we were not perfect but yada 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 you know i would be willing to disclose that information so i like how you brought that you up know, being you know. a devil's advocate if it either way if that person was to show those tendencies of action to just mm-hmm. say i'm gonna talk to the family you know, it only forgoes two things. It forgoes if you're if you're lying and you just you're a great liar. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if you're telling the truth, you're a great truth teller. Exactly. So. So again, as of now, there are no updates on Taylor's case, but his family and friends still are fighting for answers as far as to who could have done this and why. Every day, Tiffany Robinson advocates for her son, and she continues to fight for more details on her son's death. In an interview with KHOU 11 News, she stated, and I quote, I'm at loss for words. Who would want to hurt him? There's just too much unanswered. Robinson also made a statement on Facebook, which partly read, as I share Taylor's disappearance with the world, I want to share my worldly loss as well. I lost my son, my baby, my friend, and will raise his love, his dog, Gigi. During Taylor's family time of mourning, I ask that you all continue to lift us up in prayer. Be mindful and respectful of our privacy and the fact that the investigation is still ongoing. So anyone with any information on Young's death is asked and is prompt to contact the Houston Police Department Homicide Division immediately. So there you have it, the unsolved murder of Taylor Young. Very, very sad. Very sad. And I wanted to tell this story because even though this story has have a lot of news coverage and a lot of other podcasts have told this story, I also wanted to kind of jump in and tell the story because I also want to be an advocate of telling his story and finding more answers, especially for his family. So mm-hmm. there you have it. There you got it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And... If you want to hear more <laughs> with Mike, please let us know in the comments, whether that's um, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you communicate with us on. We're happy to always see your comments. We love that you engage with us weekly. So next week, hopefully we'll have Shivani back. But if not, Mike will step in her I'll place. <laughs> so thank you guys so much again, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.